The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Jones and Brown. My name is Brown. You see my partner over there, Mike Jones. A year, a year wiser. A year, slightly old, slightly older. Day older than I was yesterday. All right. Well, hey, look, man. It's all right. How do you feel, brother? It's been a, it is it's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast. Mm-hmm. What's going on, man? How how have you been? Oh uh, man. It's been a interesting couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Lots happened in the world. A lot has happened in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Since the last time we did a show, been an NBA mm-hmm. champion. There's mm-hmm. been there's been an. No, we we talked right after the. We talked. We, we have talked after the NBA championship. Okay, so we talked Lakers. Mm-hmm. Are we talked Lakers? Uh, didn't get a chance. To Remember, talk. we had AG on. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. All right, so we talked Lakers. We didn't necessarily talk. Uh, didn't necessarily talk baseball though. Dodgers win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So that was big. Uh, on the hometown front, our team, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, have a new uh, have a new GM, new coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hi, and and now they're trying to thrust themselves into you know they're trying to make some big off season moves. But I wanted I wanted before we got into that, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Okay, are you and I? We you know we've been doing this podcast for a while now. We've been doing this podcast for a while now. We we have a we have a following. People like our show. People check us out. Uh, this week, the 76ers released their new uh, city jerseys for the for the 2020-2021 season. Have you seen them? Uh, the black jerseys with, 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 uh, with Bowhouse Row on them. With Bowhouse Row on them, yeah. I've seen them. What did you think? Eh, I'll pass. You'll pass? Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I wasn't feeling them when I first saw them. Wasn't feeling the new drip when I saw them. But I will hand it to the Sixers because they, you know, I, I, I love the way they marketed it. So they took the, they made these little gift boxes. And they gave them to a bunch of people all over the city. And... As I'm watching people get these boxes, which have the new jerseys and have all these little prizes in them, mm-hmm. now I'm, now I'm getting jealous. And it's like I wasn't feeling the jerseys before, but now that I see the boxes, now that I see the pre- presentation, I'm feeling kind of left out. I'm looking around, and let's see, I'm, uh, Natalie Eganoff got one. Alex Holly got one. Mm-hmm. Jalen Mills got one. 
I'm looking. Gillian Wallow got one. And I'm sitting over here thinking, you know, we got a pretty decent podcast. People like Jonesy and Brown. People rock with Jonesy and Brown. How come Jonesy and Brown ain't getting no box? I'm like, I'm, I'm for like, as I'm sitting here, as I'm on Instagram, I'm on Instagram looking at people get their boxes. Now I'm feeling left out. You'll have to write a, a strongly worded email to the media relations department. And tell them that you need some sort of oh, well, look, remediation to this situation. Well, actually, actually, I did. And my friends at the Sixers, if, if you can see the screen, mm-hmm. I got the official podcast drip for Jonesy and Brown. Okay. All right, so let's see let's see what's in the official podcast drip for Jonesy and Brown. That's a good question. What's in the what do we have in the box? Uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna open up the box. All right, I got let's see. Uh not not, not the new hats with the new logo. I I I got a, a Sixers hat with the old logo. And it looks mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it looks kind of worn. Um all right. <laughs> I so not a, a new hat. Not, not a new hat, but I do got a new shirt. A new shirt from Burlington Coat Factory. It's a new shirt. It's a new shirt. Got the tags on got it and everything. Tags on it and everything uh, from Burlington Coat Factory. Uh, t- ten bucks, but you know it's, it's a Sixers shirt and it's official. Uh, oh oh oh! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, I see the black. Do do we have the new? Uh, uh, oh, do we have the new? Oh, wait wait a minute. Wait. Oh 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 no no. Oh no, uh, that's not the new one. No, this this is not the new one. This is this is the old Iverson black. Oh yeah, that's thing. about twenty yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah, this one's about yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be twenty years old because. This one's made by Champion. This is back when Champion was still making mm-hmm. NBA jerseys. So you know that. Exactly. You know this is old. So essentially what you're telling me is yeah. you well, got well, nothing well, from well, the well, Sixers. No, no, no. I did not get nothing from the Sixers. This box ain't empty yet. Hold on. <laughs> I got what it. else we got? Because you, know, you, you know they they had that, that, that special – uh, basketball card with Iverson and uh, Iverson and uh, and Ben Simmons on it with the, with the New Jerseys. I got mm-hmm. I got a, a a Bob Thornton a Bob Thornton is that, basketball. Is that card. an this NBA is, hoops basketball yes, card? This is an NBA hoops Bob <laughs> Thornton basketball card. Wait a minute, I think they got some snacks in here too. Hold on. In a milk in a Michelob Ultra, <laughs> so I can sit here. I can look at all you know all this swag that I got from the official podcast drip of the six from the Sixers from Jonesy and Brown. They put it in this nice box. <laughs> they put it in this nice oh, box. Man. That's what the podcasters get. The official podcast, and I'm gonna wash it down with this with this Michelob Ultra. 2.6 carbs and 90, 95 calories. 
that's the that's the official drip. I want you know. I, I, thank you, Sixers. Thank you for looking out for your boys. I appreciate that. Gotta love that. Oh man. Gotta love that. Hey man. Uh, let's see. Let's 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 get into this. Let's get into the whole NBA offseason because, like right. like we said earlier, new GMs in town, new a whole new front office. Mm-hmm. Which well, I, not not completely not new. completely new because Elton Brand is new, still with the team. New head coach, new team president, set, GM is still in place. Did you find but that we'll weird? We'll see what exactly happens to his role with Morient as the new president of basketball operations. Did you find that weird? Did you think that was weird that they decided to keep Elton Brand? They bring in a new uh, a new team president, new uh, head coach. And the thing about it was you bring in you bring in Glenn Rivers and he's somebody who's run a team before. You gotta you have a, mm-hmm. you bring in a coach who has experience running a team and I got to think he's not just going to – you don't go from a situation like the Clippers where you the head guy in charge to just being the coach. So you know he's going to have some sort of say. He's not running the whole thing, mm-hmm. but he has to have some say. So I'm sure he will have some input as to how the roster is constructed going forward. Mm-hmm. But with Maury, who is an experienced front office guy in place, and then you still have Brand sitting in the GM's chair. I find it hard to imagine that Doc will have the same or anywhere near the same level of influence he had with the Clippers when it comes to personnel. There is a clear level of decision-making power that goes over Doc's head. Mm-hmm. And the, but the fact that that did not turn that didn't that wasn't a deterrent. Doc still hmm. came to you know Glenn still came to town. So I I have to think you know he's good with it to an extent. But I guess I was more concerned. I said maybe concerned is a bad term, but I wanted to know. I was curious as to what would happen to Elton Brand. And it's not mm-hmm. like, and and it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, beating the drum for Elton Brand. Like I'm gonna be heartbroken if he, you know, if he was pushed out. I mean, truth be told, he in his short tenure, he has some scars on yeah. on his resume. Um, the Horford contract is not a bright spot. Many people look at Tobias Harris as being overpaid and a backup plan to having not been able to retain Jimmy Butler. So while many people are still personally fond of Elton Brand, mm-hmm. we can't sit here and say that he's done an exemplary job so far. No, and I think, honestly, that's that's probably where I stand because I, I think Elton Brand's a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I liked him as a player. I was happy that when he retired, he was able to stay within the organization and have a position. But like you said, there are some scars. 
You know, the the Tobias Harris does look overpaid right now. Mm-hmm. Al Horford doesn't fit in this system. And you just watch a guy that you traded two comparable pieces for that you then lost in the offseason take his next team to the finals mm-hmm. and win a game or two. Yeah, they went to six games. They won two. Yeah, they you know they and won a couple games. Mm-hmm. And in those two games, Jimmy Butler was amazing. Thirty-five point plus triple mm-hmm. doubles. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, uh, Elton Brand's in a good position. He's in a good position where he, you know, he he's got people around him with some experience, and maybe that's something he needed as a GM when he first came in. People that he can learn from. And maybe this will put him in a position to then leave the organization and get a job elsewhere and be able to run a team. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think it's going to it's going to be a very interesting offseason because also you look at Daryl Morey and the team that he left. He left the Houston Rockets. And now you're hearing all these stories about how the players that he left aren't mm-hmm. happy. You know, now you're hearing James Harden wants out. Now you're hearing uh, Russell Westbrook wants No, you're hearing wants Westbrook wants out. No, Reportedly, I'm, I'm, Harden wants to stay at this point. Oh, well, I, I heard he wants out, but I, you know what? I took a nap this, uh, this afternoon. Things could have yeah. changed. So Harden wants to stay. Westbrook wants out. I, you and I, you know, we, we both live here in Philly. And you, mm-hmm. you know how fan speak goes in this city. Whereas it does not matter the the actual caliber of the player, the style of the player, but you know when a player either becomes available, hopes to become available, you know mm-hmm. there are fans in this town that no matter what the situation is, let's go get them. <laughs> but all right, now mm-hmm. let me be clear. Okay. If please be clear. If it's a situation where because he's asking out of Houston, the ability of the Rockets to demand top dollar, as it were, in return in a trade is diminished. And you can do it for say Al Horford and Josh Richardson, which would give Houston the big, the big man that they need and another perimeter player to go to pair with Harden. That I might consider. Now, if you're asking me if I wanted Westbrook in exchange for either of the two key pieces of the roster being Embiid or Simmons, no, I won't touch it. So you're not but giving up you're not giving up Embiid or Simmons for Russell Westbrook. No. Okay. Would you give up Embiid or Simmons for James Harden? Granted, you I'd, I'd be reluctant to, but I'd consider it. I'd have to at least consider it. Okay. But I, but I would be reluctant to do it. Who would you who would you be more comfortable letting go in acquiring a James Harden? I mean, I understand. I mean. In acquiring specifically James Harden, yes, I would be more comfortable 
letting Ben Simmons go. Okay. Would that change but, Russell Westbrook? Like if it was – well, you said you wouldn't give up and beat the Simmons. For I Russell. wouldn't give up either for Russell Westbrook. Okay. No. I wouldn't really want to give up either for Harden. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't. Well, look, we know you. I know you. I know your list of hateable guards. Mm-hmm. Harden's actually not on that list. He's flirted with that list before. He's flirted with it several times, he, he, but he's not he, actually on the list. He is. Has he been on that list at one point in time before? Has Mm-mm. okay. He's just flirted with the list. Mm-hmm. Now, what you what you will hear me say is that I don't like Harden playing full time point guard. Okay. Well, I agree. Agree. Well, I would. But well, I would think I'll I would, never go as far as to say Harden's a guy you can't win with because. He's very capable of playing off the ball if you put him in a proper system rather than that stuff that Antonio runs. Yeah. I think, honestly, and both Harden and Westbrook are are guards that this team could use in situations where they're not your full-time point guard. Like like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, mm-hmm. I have said, like, the Sixers need – you and I have disagreed on this because I feel like the Sixers need a two. And you have said you think the Sixers need a one. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, that's that's fair. I think they need a real one. Okay. I think they need a two as well, mm-hmm. but I think they need a real one. But we've just we've disagreed over what we feel is what position would be the most important. I feel mm-hmm. like the priority should be strengthening their two guard position where you feel like the, the priority should be st- strengthening the one. I feel like both Harden and Westbrook kind of addressed that in one in one player, in the sense that you would not need them to be your full time point guard. But when in in a rush, when in in situations where you have matchup advantages, where you can take Ben Simmons and put him down on the block and post somebody up, you now have a capable point guard you can run your offense through. Whereas most of the time, you'll have Ben Simmons bringing the ball up. You'll most of the time you'll have Ben Simmons running your offense. Or if you want to to commit to putting Ben Simmons at the four full time, if you're giving up Josh Richardson, that means you still got Shake Milton on the team. So Shake he's Milton. not playing. You don't think. Sh- you want, you, you're I, not interested would, in the shape. Why would he be? Why would he be playing? If I move Josh Richardson, that means Thibault steps up in the lineup. I think if you move Josh Richardson, aren't you going to put either Harden or Westbrook in the lineup? Mm-hmm. At the two, most likely. Yeah. So I, at at that point, I keep I keep Simmons at the one at that point. Okay. So that's not that's not me putting Shake Milton in the lineup. I'm think okay. Well. So we're on the same page. I'm thinking you you make this move for Westbrook and I'm I'm taking the trade that you propose. You're sending Josh Richardson and Al Horford for either Harden or Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we'll we'll say just for conversation's sake right now, we'll say Westbrook. We've traded Al Horford, we've traded Josh Richardson, we now have Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Maury brings in Westbrook, sits them down with Embiid. They shake hands. Everybody's cool now. They don't hate each other no more. They're on the same page. 
they good. You know what I mean? But, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> nah. Well, you know, that I'll come back to that. We'll circle back to that if that's a good enough point. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking Shake Milton at the one, Westbrook at the two, uh, Tobias at the three, Ben at the four, JoJo at the five. You're thinking hard. I, I see the wheels turning. Because I because to your point, I understand the, the thought process of saying, okay, Ben is still your primary point uh is still your primary ball handler, but you have Westbrook at the one, Fiebel at the two, Tobias at the three, Ben at the four as your point forward, and Ben at uh Jojo at the five. Is that what you is that what you envisioned? Is that what you're is that what you saw? No. Okay. Break it down. All right. Assuming you bring in, all right, let's say you were able to bring in a Westbrook. Okay. And you had Westbrook on the roster and you were able to keep Simmons and MB. Okay. At that point, what you have is offensively, uh, let's be clear. Offensively, Ben is playing the one. Your wings are split between Thibel and Harden. Tobias at the four and Embiid at the five. Now, on defensively, Ben is probably guarding your three, and Harden and Thibel are guarding your one and two, pretty much interchangeably. So that would be more of what I'd be looking at. But Ben would be my point. Ben, okay, let's look. One more time. All right. Ben at the, ben at Shake, the one. Shake Milton. Let's, Shake Milton, let's, let's be clear about him. He's a nice little player. Mm-hmm. He can make shots. He's At this point in his career, he's not a playmaker at the NBA level. Okay. And he's not a knockdown shooter kind of guy. He can make shots, but he's not like you give him the ball, shake is good from there type guy, and he's not a shutdown defender. So at this point in his in his career, I don't want Shake as a starter. You you toyed with the idea last year because when you looked at the roster, what beyond Ben Simmons, there were no other playmakers on the roster. You had none. So you had to look for. Alternatives to, find, to being able to start your offense. You had to find but, offense. Mm-hmm. But if you still have Ben, and if you still have, and then you bring in a hard more Westbrook, you have someone else who can create play. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I'm fond of that guy or he's my favorite player is irrelevant at that point. You have someone else who is able to trigger the offense effectively, which is something you did not have last several years, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, so that's more of what I'm looking at. Shake is, he's not a starter right now at the NBA level. No, understood. 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 And I think Thibel has improved, and he's improved, and I think he played well enough in in the bubble to make me to make me wonder how he will react to more playing time and more playing time out of the bubble. I want to see now what what he 
what he does in a full now that it's going to be seventy two games, mm-hmm. a full seventy two game season. You know, having to go on the road, having to play inside, you know, Wells Fargo. That interests me. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can uh, see that. Let's say, like a guy like Shake, though, for me, I would have expected Shake to overachieve in the bubble rather than be. I think, in my opinion, Shake had a disappointing appearance in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who should have been over able to overachieve without the presence of it, without the presence of a crowd to, you know, be intimidated or nervous. Shake, I I can work with him off the bench, but I'm looking more at developing Thibel to be a starter, if possible. Keep Ben as the primary ball handler at this point. You do need another playmaker on the roster. But un- unless you're looking to go out and get a real high-level point point guard, Ben is still your point guard. Exactly. I mean, and I don't mind Ben Simmons handling the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Ben Simmons is a bad facilitator. I mean, honestly, that's the one thing. he You know, he gets to the basket. He can get you buckets at the basket. Yes, I understand he won't shoot jumpers, you know, but look, that's – Unfortunately, that's that's that's, right, that, that's something he's going to have to do. Yeah. He's going to have to do. Period. Do, I, do you think that this is the best situation to like at this point now? You you now have a new head coach. You got a new, pretty much new front office. Mm-hmm. The the GM that drafted you is gone. The guy that replaced the GM that drafted you now has a new boss. I gotta think like if you're not if you're not shooting jumpers now, if this isn't a situation where you know if it doesn't tell you, hey, you got to do this now. I don't know what your hang up is. I don't know what what you know what it is inside your mind is telling you, hey, I don't need to do this. But at, it's now or never. And if he's not going mm-hmm. to do this now, now it might be time to start looking for a change of scenery. I mean, it is now or never, but. It's it's one of those things where it's not really a matter of good situation, bad situation, at least not in my opinion. Mm. It's it's an internal thing. What do you mean internal you like in his mind or internal like within the organization? Yeah, in his mind. Okay. In his mind. And it's independent of what's going on around them. This just fundamental basketball. You're open. You got to shoot. Mm-hmm. And they're leaving so, you open. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I mean. Like, not like you have a little bit of space to get the look off. That's like something you do if you're a knockdown guy. I mean, if they're leaving you open, daring you to shoot, you got to shoot. Period. You got to. Mm-hmm. If you can't, pull, you can't take that shot. I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to make it in the league. Not as, I was about to say not as a guard, but really as anything other than a center in today's NBA, you're not going to make it unless mm-hmm. you're not willing to take an open shot. Mm-hmm. So that's just something we have to sit. And I think he knows that. I think everybody knows that at this point. At this point, well, I, I, 
I understand why you would assume he knows that. But the fact remains that now we're was he going into year number three? No, this is year number four. Mm-hmm. Year number four, and it's not a given that he will come in and shoot jumpers. You know that. Does that sit well with you? I mean, I mean, I mean no, of course not. That would never sit well. You know that'll never sit well. Well, well, I know, I know, shooters not shooting will never sit well with you. I understand that because you know I, I've heard the stories of you as a basketball player. I, you know, shooters <laughs> not shooting is never going to be something that's cool with Mike Jones. You got, you got to take the shot. You got to. I mean, as much I don't, as much as I don't want my point guard to come down looking for his own shot mm-hmm. first. He does about. have to be able to execute the offense, and part of that is being able to keep the defense spread. Being able, once the ball starts rotating, when it ro- back, rotates back to you, if you're the open man, you got to make the shot just like everybody else. He talks about he not wanting his point guard to just come come down the court and look for shots. As we also talk about the possibility of bringing in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Who? What was the first thing I said about either of them? No, you I don't that, want them playing the point. Understand? I, I'm keeping Ben at the point because Ben is a pass first player. Ben is a, Ben is a pass first player, and I think Ooh. honestly, J- both both Harden and Westbrook move well without the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's what and that's what this team needs. Honestly, they have not had a guard who moves without the ball since Iverson. Not true. Oh, okay. Great. JJ Redick was an excellent. Okay, okay. you know what? Without the ball. All right, he could move without problem. The ball. Problem with him was once the ball was in his hands, it's either a jump shot or he's giving it up because he's not a guy who can put the ball on the floor to create a play at all. Mm-hmm. That's not the strength of JJ Reddick's game. Which, so, which Iverson could do both. So JJ Reddick moved well without the ball. Mm-hmm. To your point, you know that's an over. You know, I'll give you that. But they, you know, they haven't had. The, the level of Iverson since Iverson, but you know, not everybody can be Allen Iverson. I mean, there are very few people that have the talent of Allen Iverson, so that that's not a stretch to say. My, my, yeah. you know, my, my man here, you know, with, with 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 the as I bring up the drip that the Sixers gave me for uh, for being a great podcast because they wouldn't give me the, the new. <laughs> The New Jerseys. Oh man! So you really weren't so, you really weren't feeling them New Jerseys, huh? They were. Uh, Was it the fact that they put Bowhouse Row on the jerseys that you were like, you know? And you know, I've heard that some people say they bothered them. It, it wasn't that that bothered me at all. Mm-hmm. It's more. What is it? It doesn't look like a Sixers jersey. Mm. From a distance, when I first saw it, it kind of reminded me like like a Nuggets yeah. or Clippers jersey. I thought that too. I thought that it too. didn't. It just doesn't feel like a Sixers jersey. Mm-hmm. No, that's I, what. It, that's really what it is to me. I definitely thought that. You know, it's like this. when when I saw it, I was underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed. You know, and I I I thought it was underwhelmed underwhelming like i said what got me was the whole 
And and it makes it interesting because what got me was the whole the marketing. When I saw everyone getting the free jerseys, that's when I was like, all right, you know what? Hold up. Maybe this isn't that bad. But it's also, you remember when the Flyers first announced Gritty? Mm-hmm. And everybody in the city was like, ew. Like, what is that? Like, this is crazy. This is stupid. Well, you know, people, like, now because Gritty is so beloved in this city, people don't even want to admit that when the Flyers first announced Gritty, everybody in the city was against him. And it wasn't until the national media started started really, you know, hammering Gritty that everyone in Philly was like, whoa, 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 like, hey, he's ours. I mean, you know Philly is always going to do that. We can bash us, but you can't. Yeah, but, and I think that was the whole thing with this with this uniform. Like, mm-hmm. we were all down on it. And then when national media people started saying, like, what is this? Like, they look like the Nuggets. Like, like do people – I guess, like, one question that I had heard was, do people outside of Philly necessarily know what Boathouse Row is? If you're outside of – like, of course – Well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, always show I'd have to – well, I – Answer that question, I'd have to say yes. You watch any national broadcast of a game, you see a couple things from Philly every time. Yeah, you know, you're City Hall, Liberty Bell, a cheesesteak, and Boathouse Row. It is one of those sites that you do associate with Philly. I'm glad they got a cheesesteak on the jerseys, though. But, you know, it's. It just. Look, the look. And it's not even that it has Boathouse Row. It's just the look of the jersey doesn't feel like a Sixers jersey to me. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of these jerseys. That being said, let's take a quick break. All right, all right, and we'll we'll get back into it on the other side. All right, we'll be right back right here on Jonesy and Brown. He's Mike Jones. I'm Campbell. We'll be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. Slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Hey, I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID 19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside, protect yourself, and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. 
right, we are back on Jonesy and Brown. What is going on? He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Remember, you can listen to this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. I'm talking about Anchor. I'm talking about Spotify. I'm talking about, uh, let's see, SoundCloud, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever. Just search Best in the World Sports. We're also part of the Lance J Radio Show. That's, uh, when does our show come on, Lance J Radio? Well, let's see. You got actually Monday through Thursday on Plug TV now, oh. 9 p.m. Are we on TV now? Monday through Thursday, Plug TV, 9 p.m., Lance J Show. Okay. You can you can check that then. And then all the all the normal internet affiliates on the weekends. You know, I it's too many for me to try to remember all the time. Oh, we, stuff, we large but, like that. We got so many internet affiliates. We ain't got time to name them all. Just look for the show download the podcast subscribe wherever and remember you can hit us up at jonesy and brown on facebook instagram and twitter yes we are finally on all forms all platforms of social media facebook instagram twitter at jonesy and brown all right where'd you want to go next with this where, where are we going now i i will follow your lead Mr. jones well Quick. All right. Well, so I I asked because I didn't ask you during the break where where you wanted to go with that. So now I just, oh I know I know, and that's not the problem. I know where I want to go. Okay, but it makes me sad every time we start talking football right now. Why does it make you sad? Because my team stinks. Your team does stink, but your team is in first place, man. That's the silver. That's not a good thing. That's that's the silver lining to this really dark cloud. That's not a good thing. Why is not? Why is it not a good thing? Why? Why is first place not something that you could? If the if the team were good, Uh if the team were competitive, then being in first place is a good thing because you have a chance to go somewhere. That is true. If you are a bad, if you're a bad team in first place, you're just making your draft pick worse with no chance of going anywhere. Yeah. Well, uh, well. So I, I want one or the other. Be good or be bad. Well, look, they're bad. Being a bad first place team is just like being in limbo. You remember the Iguodala years with the Sixers where you, you were guaranteed a six, seven seed every year, uh-huh. and that was it. Yeah, that—that's what it's like. But I will. I. This is, in my opinion, this is what makes it different. This is what makes football different from basketball. Whereas you can find quality pieces later on in the draft, where in the NFL draft, where you might not find them in the NBA draft. You get a pick outside the lottery in the NBA. You know what? You're you're getting a role player. You're getting somebody mm-hmm. you're getting somebody who probably won't finish out their rookie deal with you. Very you likely, know, yeah. You know, you're, you're That's not, what you're gonna get. That's gonna happen. You're gonna get a middle of the road player 
maybe they'll play some decent minutes. They definitely will not come in and start. I believe I believe in the NFL. No matter where you draft, your first round, your second round, and possibly your third round pick should be players that you expect to start on day one. First round, definitely. First, first round, definitely. Second round, I, I, second. I, I think your second round pick should. Second round, probably. No, depending you should. On, depends on the position. If you can't, like, if, probably. If you, you might have a better option on your team, but I think mm-hmm. your second round pick should be someone in the conversation. Like, if you sit, there, he's definitely a ro- in the rotation. You're a regular piece of piece of the game plan if yeah. you're a second round pick. Like, like let's let's take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Miles Sanders was a second-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. You, when you drafted him, you had Josh Howard. So, of course, Josh Howard was your number one running back going into the season. However, if you were taking a look, had they went with Miles Sanders as their starter, I might not have had – I probably wouldn't have had a problem with that. I okay. understand. I understand. But let, let me ask you this, though. Like, okay. say a team drafts – a uh, cornerback in the second round. Corner, okay. You, if somebody takes a corner and he ends up being the third or fourth corner in the depth chart early in the year as a second round pick, that's not a surprise to you at all. He's getting on the field, he's playing snaps, getting some snaps in the nickel and dime, or as a backup on the outside when somebody needs a break. But so they're they're consistently on the field, but they're not technically a starter. Not, not I'm okay with that out of the second round. I'm okay. So I, it, well, like, it depends well, on the it depends on the position. But I I think like if you were like, say, but that goes to what I had said. You know what I just said. You know, you if you have a better option at the time, you mm-hmm. want to ease him into the lineup. Okay, that I understand. But the problem, but the but the fact remains that if you needed him to start, if you had no better option, you could go with him. Like if you drafted if you draft a DB in the second round, you got better DBs on your team right now, but you're looking to move on from them. Okay, mm-hmm. you bring them in. You you know you bring them in. You ease your guy into the starting lineup. But say that guy gets hurt week one. Say mm-hmm. that guy gets hurt yeah, and, week three. And that's what I mean. If I hear a second round wide receiver or a second round DB, I don't necessarily think starter. I think competent player. Mm-hmm who should be able to step in if they need to mm-hmm. and everything doesn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think somebody who's ready to start. Mm-hmm. Now, two, three years from now, I absolutely think they should be ready to develop into a starter. Mm-hmm. You should be a potential starter, but not necessarily a day one starter. I'll put it that way. I, I would hope that you have people, players good enough to be in the conversation of week one contributors. Contributor, you're, absolutely. Week your first and second, your first, second, and possibly your third should be week one contributors, if not mm-hmm. starters. Starters is the top. Contributors yeah, starters is, is best. Starters best, best case, case scenario. Best case scenario. Worst you should case scenario. Be a contributor yeah. if you're a top three round. Pick. No projects in the first round, <laughs> second round, or third round. 
Mm-mm. I don't want to hear about your project. I don't want to hear about somebody you got to develop into a position. No tackle, no guards that you hope will be tackles. Mm-mm. No, no safeties that you hope could be cornerbacks. You know, no linemen that you hope could be linebackers. Week one, you know, mm-hmm. the position, if you are drafting a player in the first round, the second round, and the third round, they should be able to play the position that they play. The position that you drafted them in week one, on, they should be on the field. I don't want to see your – unless you have. And I think the the exception would be if you have a if you have a starting quarterback. We'll talk about the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. If you have a bona fide starting quarterback, then okay. And you want to ease, you, you know, you draft for the future, like look, look, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. You know that I would understand. Top five, if you drop, in fact, I'll put it to you like this. You draft, if you draft a quarterback outside of the top five, mm-hmm. I don't mind if he's not starting week one. You draft a quarterback week one, you draft a quarterback number one, they should be in your starting lineup week one. I disagree. Okay, why? That, that I disagree with. I, honestly, best case scenario, you draft a quarterback. Best case scenario, he doesn't start till year two, or at least halfway through year one. Okay. Ideally, you want him to have a time to get comfortable with the speed of the game before you have to throw him out there. And if you look through the history of guys who had an opportunity to sit for a little bit of time before they got to play, it tends to bode well for them from Aaron Rodgers all the way up to most recently a Patrick Mahomes. None of these guys got thrown immediately into the fire. So they had a chance to get used to seeing what things look like at field level in an NFL game before they got a chance to see how close those receive those windows close and how DBs are able to track things down, how receivers are able to run their routes. They have some sort of point of reference to go by rather than just saying, oh, yeah, I was able to do this in college against a lot of guys who played football for the last time in college. They're never going to play again. So that's the one position that you could be drafted number one overall. And I'm still quite comfortable with you sitting your entire first year. I'm, I, I am not opposed to that. However, I think like you can't deny that Aaron Rodgers benefited from being able to sit back and watch Brett Favre for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because one, you look at the player, that, you know, Brett Favre was Brett Favre was like the Cal Ripken of football. He wasn't coming off the field, so he, you know, Aaron Rodgers had the best seat in the house for what three, you know, three whole seasons. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but I think 
And and Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was also drafted towards the end, you know, towards the end. He's the first. He's the first round. He's the first round. He's the first round pick. And let's be honest, there were a lot of people who thought he was going to go earlier in that first round. Yeah, he definitely. And did. if you could go back and do it all over again, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he gets he goes before oh, yeah. Alex Smith. Oh yeah, def- definitely. I guarantee you he goes before Alex Smith if you can Definitely. do it all over again. I think the quarterback position where I, – I think, honestly, and I'll put it to you like this, there is no denying that uh, that Aaron Rodgers benefited from sitting. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback position is a position where you can benefit from sitting. However, I'm not, necess- I'm not necessarily – convinced that Brett Favre would have been a failure. Excuse me, not Brett Favre. Excuse me. Aaron Rodgers would have been a failure if he was thrown in from the jump. Oh, I'm not I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, my. I just am of, am of the belief that if you have someone even they don't have to be good, competent, serviceable let them start for the first six to eight games before you throw the rookie out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Donovan McNabb, one of the best things that happened to him was he got to sit behind De- Doug, Doug Peterson yeah. for yep. a few weeks before he was thrown into the front. Yeah. You know. I mean, he 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 definitely benefited from, from being able to sit back and watch. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, what? but had he – it might have taken him a little bit longer to figure it out. But, mm-hmm. had, but he would – he was a good enough quarterback that if he was asked to start week one. And now, the one thing you do have to worry about is potential David Carr's. Yeah. Not Derek Carr of the Raiders, but David <laughs> Carr no, of, I the Houston, I, yep, I of the Houston Texans. By all accounts, a highly talented kid, but he got thrown out there as a rookie. Mm-hmm. He wasn't quite ready. And the team around him, as most number one picks usually fall into a situation, is bad. You go out there, you take a beating, and your confidence is shaking. You're never the same again. That's the potential harm of throwing a kid out there too soon, is that you shatter his confidence. And from that point on, he's got that those happy feet or that extra half tick of hesitation that ruins everything. You know, at that high level of the game, you can't hesitate. You can't be unsure. You've got to be ready to go. So if I can avoid putting the quarterback's confidence at risk, I will. So that being said, you know, to to the point that we are, that we're talking about, you know, you need to be a, if you can sit, you can sit especially with the quarterback position, if you can ease mm-hmm. them in. But I still think it's, it is a safe assumption. It is a, is a safe expectation that when you draft a player, you know, when you draft a player in, you're talking if, the first round. Second, I'll say it this way. If I get a, fir- a top three pick, I'm expecting you to be able to be a starter before your rookie deal is up. Okay. And I, that I understand. If, me, me, if I'm thinking, you know, if you if you draft somebody in a third, 
in probably uh, after at least year two going into year three, I think you should be ready to start. You draft somebody sure. top three, I'm expecting you to be a starter week one. Unless I just got a beast at that position already. And if you were just, if, just, if you were in a situation where you you know, if you in a situation where you have a drug you have a top three pick and you can draft somebody behind, you know. Oh, well, what I said it was top three rounds. Oh, oh, oh talking, okay. Okay. But okay. If you're, I but if you're talking you, top you, three, like one picks, one, two, okay. and three. I misunderstood outside, you there. Outside, outside of quarterback, I absolutely expect you to be a day one starter if you're a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. I misunderstood you then. I thought you were talking top but, three picks. But no, I was saying if you're, in, if you're top picking three top three rounds. Okay then I expect you to be able to be a potential starter within the next couple years. Okay. That, that's my well, that's my realistic expectation. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Don't, don't, I think we're, we're closer to the same page. You know, you say by the, you, you say by the end of your rookie deal, I think it should be before then. I think you should have probably, the probably before then, but you should be looking you, if you're a top three pick, if you're a top mm-hmm. three round pick, I believe that by the end of your rookie deal, you should be looking to get broke off. You know, at that point now, by, by the time your rookie deal is in, by the, the time your rookie deal is is done, mm-hmm. you should be looking to get paid. But like, I'm not. Ex- I, I don't. I don't think I need you to be a superstar. Um, try to think. Who's a good example? Um, let's say Nelson Aguilar had been able to catch. Okay. At, based on what you saw, you would have had a decent receiver, not a superstar. Mm-hmm. You know him being who he is, no, no faster, not like mm-hmm. a guy, not turning him into a guy who goes up at high points, anything or anything like that. Just able to hold on to the balls that are in his hands. He doesn't drop past. Mm-hmm. You don't. At that have- point, you- he's a solid receiver. He's not a superstar guy. Well, I think, and, and for, and I'm okay with that. For Nelson now, because I hear a lot of – there are a lot of people who watch Nelson in this city now, see what he's doing with Oakland, mm-hmm. and want to kind of use that to, to needle the Eagles. What he's doing in Oakland isn't much different than what he did in yeah. Philly in 2017. Actually, 2017 in Philly was a very good season for yeah, him. He but, just but where you, maintained it thereafter. But I think he is a decent player in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He is a decent player. In Oakland. He's he's not their number one wide receiver, but he makes plays when you need him to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you, given where the Eagles drafted him, now that he's on his second deal, I think the expectations are different in Oakland. Absolutely, he can. He is playing to the level. He is playing to their expectations in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Philly was expecting a first yeah. round receiver. You drafted him in the first round. You're thinking about you're thinking a receiver that you draft in the first round, you think could be could be your number one wide receiver. Yes. There's there, a first round wide receiver should be able to turn into a n- number one wide exactly. receiver. Exactly. And there's no not even in, in as well as he's playing in Oakland. As you know, he's he's playing well. He's having a decent season. Mm-hmm. Nobody in Oakland thinks Nelson Aguilar is their number one wide receiver. Mm-mm. It's not even a conversation. So to me, it's like, yeah, you know what? That that that's great. What he is in Oakland, I don't need that here. 
I don't need Oakland Nelson. Well, we could use you know we could use right. receiver help. Let's go. Let's look at it this way. Let's go back to 2017 Philadelphia's okay. Eagles season. Yes. With what you were getting out of Aguilar that year, that season in particular, were you disappointed with his production? 2017? In 2017. No. Well, I, He was not a number one receiver then. He was not a number one wide receiver then, but we still... That, that year, you had if you're Alshon looking at Aguilar, he was probably... Let's say, he was probably the most talented number three receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a first round pick. 2017, though, Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar had a pretty crappy 2016. Uh-huh. Remember, he was benched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he was he was looking like a bust. He was looking like he was you know he he was looking like. He was on the bus, you know. He he was just a straight up bust, waste of a draft pick, and another just painful reminder of that coach that came before Doug that you don't like to mention on this show. Because it's your birthday, I won't say that man's name. But we don't say that name. Oh, we're not going to say that name. No, we don't say that name. Oh, because it's your birthday, I'm I'm not even going to push that issue. But I think 2017, you had Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. who was a clear number one wide receiver. He was the number one that year. You had Torrey Smith, who had uh, a couple years removed from a Super Bowl, who was a good, who was a good enough number, uh, a, a clear number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think that still has the speed left, legitimate deep threat. So mm-hmm. I I believe that made. The decision to put that made Alshon Jeff, excuse me, that made Nelson Aguilar as your number three wide receiver a little, you know, an easier pill to swallow. You would have wanted Nelson Aguilar to at least play at a level where you could expect him to be a number one wide receiver. But you had wide at that seven, that 2017 team had guys mm-hmm. who could be, who were clear, clear. Number mm-hmm. one and number two. So it's like that that made the well, pill hardest. Well, all I'm saying is that at that point, nobody felt like Nelson Aguilar was a disappointment. You felt like you were finally getting your money's worth out of that draft pick in 2017. And that was with him playing as the, in the slot. I, well, I will say that not a disappointment, but there, there's a context to that, to that comment. You were happy with the production you were getting out of Nelson Aguilar in 2017 because you had two better wide receivers on the team. That mm-hmm. made that made what you got from Nelson Aguilar because you were able because essentially when you had when you had Smith and when you had Jeffrey both playing and both playing healthy that allowed Aguilar to play to his strength which was in the slot. Mm-hmm. That was his strength. However, and, and he played it well. So that made you know you were you were good with Nelson. However, but if you at no point in Nelson's career would I think that his issues were his route running or getting separation, getting open. 
No, it was he just dropped the ball. the ball. Yeah, he couldn't catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think if you, I will put it to you like this: It's like you you expect a number one wide receiver to play at a high level, whether you're playing to their strengths or not. Mm-hmm. And so you're happy with you were happy with the production that you got from Nelson Aguilar in 2017 because you had you had a decent number one and a decent number two. But I don't think it necessarily escaped you that, hey, you know what, you've now lowered the bar for the a guy that you drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. But you know, it's, it's like you – but the level of the level of production you got out of Jeffrey and Smith made you complain about Nelson less. You were good mm. with what Nelson gave you. But I think honestly, if Nelson had maintained his 2017 level and been a very good slot receiver, and Alshon goes through the same everything else he goes through. And Tory Smith is gone. You have trouble replacing him. Mike Wallace breaks a leg, and then things like that continue to happen. I think you still are okay with Nelson Aguilar if he continually produces at the 2017 level. I don't think you feel like that's a a bust or a wasted pick, especially in today's NFL. Your third receiver, your slot receiver, is on the field a lot. So while you're not a starter, you're you're a solid contributor. You are somebody who the team expects to be able to count on to consistently produce every week, week in and week out. So I think if you get that out of a guy who's drafted in the first round, what? So like I said, it, it, it depends on position whether or not I'll go starter. But you know, I I think we agree that you know. Top three rounds, definitely. First round, absolutely. I need you to be at least a solid contributor. From the first round, absolutely. I need well, first three rounds, I need you to contribute even as a rookie. First round, I'm hoping you have the ability to at least fill in for a starter if you have to. Some teams, I might be in a situation where, yeah, you just have to start. But I'm hoping you would at least have the ability to be a future starter, potential starter if need be, with the exception of quarterback, who ideally can always sit down and wait a year for me if I can have my druthers, if I can have my choice of how it happens. My quarterback always sits. But that's just me. I understand. And to me, once again, I just feel like quarterback, yeah, ideally you'd like him to sit, but I think I should be able to at least expect him if Mm -hmm. need need be to step in week one. But essentially I want my, I want my round, my, my round one, my round two and my round three to be able to be week one contributors. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, not projects. I feel that's where 
that's what has failed the Philadelphia Eagles over the last couple of years. Well, the Eagles have, you know, the Eagles had just had jacked up drafts all over the place. Not even we're not even talking about their first, second, and third round picks. We're talking fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. You know, that's where yeah. you know they, there's failure up and down the board when it comes to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take another quick break though, and then when we get back. I got a question I want to throw away. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. I got time, man. I got time. All right. We'll be right back on Jonesy and Brown. He's Mike Jones. I'm John Brown. We'll be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Councilmember Isaiah Thomas, and I'm here with an important reminder for the citizens of Philadelphia. Please remember to do your part to stop the spread and stay home. Only leave the house when it's absolutely necessary, and when you do leave the house, please remember to practice social distancing. Again, we need everybody to do their part to stop the spread. Now, I'm going to pass it off to Philadelphia basketball legend, Aaron McKee. Hey Philly, it's Aaron McKee, head coach of Temple Isles men's basketball team, former 76er and graduate of Simon Gratz High School. The coronavirus is not playing. We have to stop the spread of COVID-19 to protect everybody. Even though the weather is getting nicer, we have to keep six feet of social distance from one another. If you have to go out, wear a mask. It's called being a good teammate to one another. We could do this, Philly. Let's stop the spread. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. We are back on Jonesy and Brown. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Remember, you can hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Jonesy and Brown. Talk to us. Send us messages. Let us know if you're feeling this podcast. Shout out to my man, Sonny Son from Chester, Pennsylvania, the, the founder of Feedback, the magazine. He's been dropping comments all over the place. I, I don't mean to ignore you. He pointed out, he, he asked some questions, talked about Matisse Thibel being in his uh, starting lineup. Also asked about Lou Williams as a guy that moved without the basketball. He also brought up the fact that uh, Draymond Green was drafted in the second round. I think Draymond Green is an exception, not an example. I think bottom line is, and you're in the, if you're in the NBA, if you're drafted in the lottery, you're expected to be a starter. Anything past the lottery, yeah. You're, you you got drafted. If you're a first round pick, but you weren't a draft, but you weren't a lottery pick. 
you know, you're you're a role player. Also talked about, we also talked uh, last segment about uh, projects. He brought uh, Sonny brought up Danny Watkins. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That, that, that might be one of the top five worst draft picks in Philly history. Not just the Eagles. That was like one of the worst draft picks of my lifetime. And that might be that might be a show we do down the line, like the worst draft picks of our lives. Danny Watkins, Sean Bradley. <laughs> That's a pretty bad one. Sean Bradley. That is a pretty bad one. You know, like Danny Watkins. That was a dude, like for real. Like you, especially when you read his backstory. Dude didn't even want to play football. That was how you draft a guy in the first round who doesn't want to play football. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they found Jordan Maialata who never played football, and now he's a decent left tackle. But you drafted somebody in the first round didn't want to play football. Mm-hmm. But I, that's that's another show for another time. You said you had a question for me. I did. All right, what's up? I- I posted something on social media earlier today, or actually last night, Mm -hmm. and got some interesting responses, so I wanted to throw it out at you. You've heard me several times talk about guys who I thought were some of the most overrated in the NBA. Mm -hmm. This was to the other end, on the other end of the spectrum with a guy I think is the most underrated in the NBA history. So what uh, what I want to know is what's your what are your first thoughts when I say this statement when I make this statement? The most underrated player in NBA history is Scotty Pippen. You Mr. Jones, you are truly a fan of nuance. You are truly a fan of nuance in sports debate. And let me explain to you why. I think, and and I saw your Facebook. I, I saw the post. Mm-hmm. Did not comment because I know you. I know you. I know how you operate. I know how you like to set these traps for people. And and you got friends and they just dove right in. And here's the thing. You're over here debating people. And I know you've known them longer than you've known me. But even I knew what was going on. And I'm like, nope. I saw the, I saw the, I saw the post and I'm like, nah, bruh. I mean, for real, it felt like people were making my argument for yeah, me. I, I know that. So when you made the comment, when you made the comment, I'm sitting there like, no. Let me tell you. It's like, I got, a, I got a question for you. Who has two thumbs and won't be falling for this trap? <laughs> that will be this guy. I'm sitting here watching you debate people you've known since high school. And I'm sitting there like, come on, y'all didn't see this coming. But I think 
I think that the question that you asked leads itself to a lot of surface answers. Mm-hmm. Where I think on the surface, when you look at Scottie Pippen, when you look at the, when you look at his career, it is very easy. It's very easy to say, well, he played along Michael. Jo- he played alongside Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan mm-hmm. made him better. Michael Jordan, and, and and because and look, I also know that you like to straddle that line between real basketball fan and Jordan sycophant. You might not admit it, but you know, you you straddle that line. You play the line a lot closer than you give yourself credit for, but it's okay. The Jordan sycophant will be like, all right, Scotty was a bum, but Jordan was so great that he made Scotty just look like the second greatest player of all time. That's what the Jordan sycophant will say. The sycophant will be will be like Scotty was trash, but because they didn't win the championship the one year that he played with Chicago without Michael Jordan. But be clear, Scotty Pippen was easily you could easily put Scotty Pippen in an argument for who was the best player in the NBA that first season Michael Jordan was retired. Like when that Bulls team it was in their prime during their two during their two three peaks mm-hmm. for a large stretch of that, Scottie Pippen was widely considered the second best player all all around in the yeah. league. Yeah. Now the thing it now here's my thing. Looking back, I'm gonna throw some names at you. Okay. If if you're ranking all time greats, who do you have higher, Gary Payton or Scottie Pippen? Now, that's a question you could have started with. Oh, man. You, All right. You could, you Reggie Miller or Scotty Pippen? I'd put Scotty over Reggie. You would. A lot of people might rate Reggie no, over Scotty no, based on reputation. I put, I put when it, they were I playing put, and both in their prime, Scotty's the one who was the second best player in the league. Reggie was a great scorer. Scotty did everything. Yes, great scorer, great defender. Mm-hmm. You know, ran hit, the offense. They ran the offense. Rebounded. Could hit a could hit a jumper if you needed him to. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't necessarily want you like Reggie could shoot the lights out. Of course. Mm-hmm. Scotty was never going to shoot the lights out of the building. But if you needed a jumper at a you know, if you needed a clutch jumper, Scotty would hit that clutch jumper. Oh, Scotty's been known to give people 40 in a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scotty was, it, I think. I think honestly, probably more more than like. Well, Dream played out of his mind in ninety four, ninety five. Mm-hmm. In fact, no, we're talking what? No, we're talking ninety three, ninety four. No, yeah, ninety three, ninety four, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, ninety. But but Dream played out of his mind. Dream both played of. out of his mind. You know, dr- you know, it, 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 and and that is another, uh, you know, another caveat to that. Because it's like, okay, Scotty didn't win an MVP. But you could put Scotty in the MVP category, 93-94. And 94-95. Mm-hmm. Both those years. Dr- but Dream was just a beast. Mm-hmm. Dream was an absolute beast. And it's like, 
I, I that gets lost on it because you know, and that's another you know, that's that's a debate for another and, time because I and, I and let's be clear, people say, well, he didn't win without Jordan. He had Pete Myers, a mentally fragile Horace Grant, for one of the years. Um, why you gotta throw that shade at Horace Grant? Who who else we got on these teams? Like nobody that's an All Star. Tony Kukoc was in his first year in the NBA. He's he's a neophyte to the league. He's talented, turned into a solid six man, but he never turned into a star in the league. He was a solid player, but this is the team Scotty's working with, and they won fifty five games. Fifty five games, twenty two points a game. Uh, let's see, eight re- nine rebounds a game, six mm-hmm. assists, twenty. Mm-hmm. That's what he's giving you. He's giving 20, you everything. 22, 6, and 9. And then he's and leading three the steals. league in steals and blocks, too. Three st- yeah, Exactly. Three steals, a blocky game. 22, mm-hmm. 22 points, a block, three steals, six assists, and nine rebounds a game. On a 55-win team. This is an amazing performance. On a 55-win team. Mm-hmm. The reason he wasn't MVP because Dream, one of the greatest centers of all time, had one of the greatest center seasons of all time. Exactly. So, but I, but like I said, the point that I'm making is, it's it's easy to say, oh, Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen, but don't sleep on what Scottie Pippen had done. With, and yes, it was a short sample size because Jordan was back the end of the next season. Mm-hmm. And honestly, by the time Scotty left Chicago, you know where did he go? He goes to he goes to Portland and no, Houston. No, he goes to Houston, Houston first. To yeah, he goes to Houston first, where they already had Dream and they had Charles. But he, uh-huh. you know he, he's on his and way down. Have, and you have Drexler, but that whole team is aging. The guys are all past their prime. Yeah. Well, Drexler was gone. That's uh, so right. Drexler was gone. Drexler Barkley's was gone. body was breaking yeah. down. And by the time, Dream, yeah. And Dream. Dream is older. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, Pep's a, not a, a spring chicken at this point. He's been known to have back problems at this point. Yeah. So he was thirty three. He was thirty three years old mm-hmm. when he passed his basketball prime. Passed his basketball prime. And he had, you know, a thirty three year old forward with back problems. Mm-hmm. So he goes to huge. Yeah, he go he goes to Houston. His numbers drop off because mm-hmm. not only because he was the number he's the number two option in Chicago behind Jordan. Mm-hmm. He goes to Houston and he's the number three option behind Dream and Barkley. Mm-hmm. He goes to Portland now. He's he's now he's, when he goes to Portland, he's then a role player. Mm-hmm. At that point in Portland, he's he's a role player. That's for yeah. Sure. He's he's well past his basketball prime by the time he's in Portland. Yeah. But nonetheless, underrated. Okay, and he was still a quite a he was still a very effective player because, in Portland. Because I think when when people like when people hear the word underrated, I think they they naturally think like like an unknown player. Like I, I don't think people think mm-hmm. a player the caliber of Scottie Pippen, where everyone is familiar with. The body of work is there for everyone to see. I don't think you necessarily would you you would you wouldn't necessarily use a term like underrated for Scottie Pippen. Like an example I would give is I believe like 
I think Ron Harper was under underrated. Mm-hmm. Because I believe a lot of people think of him as the role player in that second Bulls three P. In the second three P and not the young Ron Harper, Harper before was, the knee injury of yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. The Cleveland mm-hmm. Clippers, Ron Harper. I, I remember having a conversation with somebody, and I'm when people were talking about Michael Jordan and the job that he he did lifting up that Bulls team. I'm like, Ron Harper was a twenty point game was a twenty point a game score. Oh, yeah, Ron Harper was a ball yeah, player. It's like Ron Harper would give you buckets, and but you know you think of him with the Bulls as a role player. You think of him with the Lakers as a role player. When Ron before Ron Harper got hurt, when Ron Harper was in Cleveland, when Ron Harper was with the Clippers, Ron Harper would give you buckets. And then the guy I had this conversation with then goes back and looks up Ron Harper, and then comes back to me. He's like, "Oh my, like I didn't realize that." Mm-hmm. Like yo, he's like, "Yo, you were right. Ron Harper was a beast." Yeah, like, he's a ball player. But 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 to your point, yes, I, I would I would say Scotty Scotty Pippen's underrated. I'm not sure if I would say the most underrated player of all time. Who would you have as a ahead of I him? I don't on know that list. I don't know. I was avoiding. I told you I was avoiding this conversation because <laughs> I wasn't trying to fall into that trap. All I'm saying, I don't know if I would say of all. Oh, time. I'm, a, I'm gonna bring the smoke to you. I understand. I understand, and I'm. Usually not. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm the one usually trying to convince you to give somebody some smoke. But hey, it's uh, my birthday. (laughs) That is true, man. That is true. That's why I'm. I'm gonna save this uh, Michelob Ultra for you, there, bro. (laughs) This Uh, Michelob Ultra is might as well be bottled water. But (laughs) but nonetheless. Nonetheless, I I do believe Scottie Pippen is, uh, is is underrated. Not quite sure I would call him the underrate most underrated of all time, but mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, I think playing playing with Jordan, I mm-hmm. think puts puts a unfair context on his career. Exactly, I, I agree completely. Like, like yeah. the fact that he played with someone as great as Mike. We don't take into effect take into effect the account take into account excuse me the fact that Mike played with someone as great as Scott, mm-hmm. and I don't think we have to diminish either one's greatness to do that. No. To do that, that's why that team is often thought of as the greatest team of all time. You had the two best players in the league in their prime at the same time on the same team. Mm-hmm. That is a hard thing to contend with. I think I, I think so too, and then plus, uh, and especially with that second three peat, mm-hmm. where you had the greatest player, you know, you, you had the greatest of all time, probably had the greatest athlete in the NBA at the time, in Pippen. Mm-hmm. You had Dennis Rodman, who was probably the greatest positional, one of the greatest positional players, a, a, a true, pure power forward. Mm-hmm. Somebody, Defense, rebound, yeah. good decision maker, yes. lots of hustle. Yes, he and, and because he was somebody who could pass from the forward position. Oh, excellent passer. He passed from the forward position. He could all. He was somebody who could would battle for rebounds and find shooters. That's what you need a power forward to do. You know, he wasn't didn't care about his points, didn't care about his point total. All he, he knew that hey. Michael Jordan likes to score the ball. 
let me get this rebound and get Michael Jordan the ball. Mm-hmm. Scotty Pippen can run the floor. Let me get this rebound, get the ball out to Scotty so he can run the floor. Mm-hmm. And then all I'm going to do is sit back and collect these rings. Oh, and Robin was a basketball genius. Yeah. Let's not get confused. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and he, he was, he was, and, and he spoke the international language of sports. Hustle. Hustle. Effort. Hustle winning. Heart. Winning. He a winner, yeah. Winning. Uh, that's that's the international language. That should be mm-hmm. the language everyone can speak. You, if you're if you're a sportsman, if you're an athlete, what language? You know, that, those are the words everybody knows. I know how to win. Exactly. Win, I make win, winning plays. I make like look. I can come out here with these with this crazy hair. I can wear these dresses, but when it comes time to win, I'm down you for winning. winning uh, yeah, I'm 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 down for winning. That's who that's who Dennis Rodman was. That was the language that that. That Phil Jackson needed to speak. That's that was the starting point. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the dresses, about the fingernails, about the tattoos, about the piercings. When it comes time for winning time, are you on board? Mm-hmm. And Dennis was like, "Yeah, let me get these rings. Let me do what I need to do to get these rings." But Scotty, yeah, I, Scotty's underrated. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't get his due. Get that man his flowers. Yeah, it, it, it's not that people don't think he was great. It's just that because he played with Mike, they use that as a knock against him. I think people people overstate the level that Mike lifted Scotty's game. Mm-hmm. Like people act like if if Scotty didn't have Mike, he Scottie, was nobody. Yeah, like Scotty was trash. No, Scotty was a lottery pick. Yeah. Scotty was a guy the Bulls identified and traded for on draft day because they saw his potential. Now, don't get me wrong, being paired with Mike and practicing and training with Mike, knowing what Mike's work ethic is, I'm sure that's good for anybody who is able to stand up to that level of of rigor mm-hmm. and to Scotty's credit he was but Scotty's got to do the work Scotty's got to do the practice Scotty's got to spend the time at the gym Agreed. and Scotty's got to make the plays in the game to get it done yeah definitely 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 all right man look, look I'm looking at the time it's almost time for us to get on out of here dude you got anything to add man it's my birthday. It is your I'm birthday, out. man. You got plans? What, what, what's, what's going on? What, what is on the Mike Jones birthday agenda? I see you got the red cup. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I see you sitting here. We're doing the show. Mike Jones has the red cup. It's his birthday. I'm trying to let you get out of here early because so you can enjoy the last couple of hours of your birthday. Mm-hmm. What do you, you got planned? What, what's on the agenda? Are you one of those people who, who has to have a birthday month or a birthday nah. week? Oh, man, I barely do anything for my birthday at all. Sit back, just turn on the game, enjoy the night. Nothing too much. All right, well, look, man, once again, I will hold this bottle of Michelob Ultra for you for the next time I see you. This is your birthday present right here. No, it will not. I'll take it. It will not be the whiskey that's uh, also in, uh, in, in the cabinet. You get 
this birthday bottle of Michelob Ultra. Hey, I'll take it. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for Jonesy and Brown. Remember, you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Make sure you download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, um, Anchor. We're on a whole bunch of services. Just search Best in the World Sports. He is Mike Jones. That's me. Now, I heard back in the day they ain't want you. It was, it was a sad, sad time in my life. But it's your birthday now, and mm-hmm. you're hot. So what happens now? <laughs> oh, man. They all love me, man. Hey, you guys, y'all take care. We'll see you guys next week or whenever we do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be back. We'll we'll be back. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network.